Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. All right, Monica, your out-of-towners was this week. I saw some of your stories. Tell us, where did you take your out-of-towners? Where did you take your, all your guests? Oh my gosh, Seattle wasn't enough. So I actually took them to Bainbridge Island, which is one of my favorite places. And every time I go there, I discover some discover something different in terms of shopping or things to see. But I also go back to Proper Fish. So that was one of the highlights. And then I don't know if you saw, but I went touristing all over town. I went to Chihuly. I went to the Space Needle. So terrified of heights, but I did it. That's two times <laughs> in one year. I've faced my fears and um, just a whole bunch of more stuff like that. But I think the important thing was just for us to spend time together. Um, she is my best friend and, you know, I hardly get to see her growing daughters and for us to be together. So it was very, very precious. And so I enjoyed our time together. Best friend from high school, right? No, younger. We were no. younger. Oh, younger. Yeah. Oh, before that. Okay. Before wow. That. Wow. Okay. <laughs> So she's early, like, early Monica, early, early Monica. Monica, back in the day, back in the yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. What about you? I just, I saw your stories and like, I just feel like you're eating 100% <laughs> actually beyond 100, like 140% of the time. <laughs> Literally no joke. These last two days, I looked at myself in the mirror this morning when I got out of bed and I was, man, I feel like I'm in the second trimester. I'm not joking. It's like, did I get pregnant overnight? I don't know what happened. I was like, my, uh, yeah, I had to go to the gym today. So mm -hmm. just to, just to get rid of all that bloatedness, man, I was just ate so much. Uh, yeah, we, we had another foodie from New York come in Janelle Bentley. So find me in Seattle and Bam Bam Lamb Chops and I, we had brunch there at Mam Noon and then a couple dinners, went all the way out to Fredro Way for a tasting <laughs> and came back to West Seattle and checked out Lady J. Lady J's restaurant, really good. Highly recommend it, Monica. We should go and check that out, you and I. And then uh, finished it up at Cafe Opla for the Poppy Chino pop-up for Chino E China Eats. That was pretty cool. I told Bam Bam Lom Shops I could not eat anymore. And what did we do? We split a Cuban sandwich <laughs> and, got, <laughs> and got affogato and yogurt soft serve so <laughs> apparently there is more in my stomach than i thought well you know always striving to be the best <laughs> yeah. what, what do you what do you always say in it to win it in it yeah. to win it yeah <laughs> i got home and i did not feel good i felt i just laid on the couch like a sloth watched saturday night live and then literally went to bed because i was like oh I, I could not do anything i was incapacitated from there well, it's funny because, you know, your story is kind of like a little behind, but I found out from other people's stories what you were doing. And every time I came <laughs> up, I'm just like, I'm just like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, why, why is he doing that? I don't it was know. just like morning, lunch, dessert, late night. I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel people... fantastic because I haven't been eating that much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like this is not conducive to all my workouts I've been doing. It's just not. I was like, I don't, I don't feel good about myself, but that's okay. Aww. It's okay. It's a new week. We feel good. We're going to eat some more food and <laughs> we're, just, we're in it to win it. We're just going to keep pushing through. Just keep pushing on. Keep pushing through. <laughs> just like my lactose intolerance. Keep pushing right. through. Just keep pushing through. It. 
Okay. Well, welcome to the Seattle Footy Podcast. I'm Nelson. She's Monica. Episode 57. Monica, we have a couple of recaps and a lot of events. So how about we head right into it? Absolutely. I'll get us started with Sina Sea Seafoods. This local company sent us some copper ribbon salmon to try, and I did a really simple preparation with salt, pepper, rosemary, and butter. So like really classic. When I got it, the fish was frozen, but I was impressed when I cooked it, uh, the texture and the flavor. It's definitely something that I could cook for my family once a week. And Nelson, you got some too. How did you prepare yours? Actually, I froze my Copper River salmon, so I had Mm -hmm. to defrost it. Mm -hmm. But once I defrosted it, it was actually pretty good. A lot of times when you freeze it, it it kind of breaks apart and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But this Copper River salmon was actually held really well. Okay, I replicated my father's recipe that he used to cook for us because he used to get so excited about Copper River salmon when it was Copper (laughs) River salmon season. He was like, oh my gosh. And how long is Copper River salmon season? Like probably like less three weeks or two weeks or three weeks, weeks. Monica? Yeah. Mm He would buy Copper River salmon, usually the, the silver because the king's very expensive. So we'd buy the silver, but he made it a sort of a Chinese version with like baby bok choy and the sauce he would create kind of with like a little bit of cornstarch, soy sauce, oyster sauce, and some other things too. And I, I added sriracha because I wanted a little bit of heat to it. Mm-hmm. And we did I did a little bit of pepper flakes with some lemon Ooh. in it and poured it over rice with the baby bok choy. It was really good. Mm, that's no- that's how I created it because that's how my dad used to create it for us. Yeah, Nelson went with the fancy version. Um, I'm thinking <laughs> about um, doing a version with white miso because I like miso flavor mm. on fish. Yeah, and I just think it depends on the kind of fish, and I usually don't do it on salmon, but I'm thinking I can make it work. But that sounds delicious, mm. Nelson. Guys, to get your hands on Cena C seafoods visit their website to order online or catch them at a local farmer's market bet you didn't know that you can find them at markets like u district which is all year round west seattle and capitol hill definitely recommend it i mean they it, they pack really well that's that's mm-hmm. the best thing that's the my take-home message for this mm-hmm. for sure so nelson we had a fun event in soto and we saw tons of foodie friends why don't you tell us about that absolutely you're a whole foods fan right monica because i'm a big I'm a huge Whole Foods supporter to myself. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I am. I like that they have their own brand line and I like that they really take the time to choose the companies that they work with. Earlier this week, we attended a Whole Foods culinary event at within the Soto event space. Lots of our favorite local vendors were there as well as some new ones that we met from Whole Foods and they were and Whole Foods was highlighting them. Sea Bear Smokehouse, Elenos, Franz. Beechers and Olympia Provisions are just some of the ones that we've talked about before. And there were some new ones like Country Natural Beef and Pen Cove Shellfish. The best part is that we got to create our own charcuterie board, Monica. Look, I saw a lot of beautiful charcuterie boards, but mine had a lot of heart. Okay. I just want to say it had a lot of heart. That charcuterie board works hard. Nelson, yours had a lot of weight. It will it will outwork all the charcuterie boards that all our friends made. I'm just going to let you know. Wagonwood provided our wooden board and we made our own cheese, meat and fruit boards. So much fun, Monica. I, I, yes. Nelson, yes. yours was like seven pounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you... <laughs> you know what I called my charcuterie board, right? What'd you call it? The mountain. The mountain. It was after, a mountain. After the after the Game of Thrones character. It's the mountain. Yeah. It was it bigger was. than anybody else's. It was bigger it than was. anybody else's. 
Yeah, you won. <laughs> it was a peak. It was like a peak. <laughs> yes. I I win. You yes, hear that, guys? You... I won. <laughs> Nelson won. Congratulations, Nelson. <laughs> no, they're absolutely beautiful boards. And like the selection of creameries that we had to choose cheese from and Olympia provisions with the best meat, uh, just fantastic. I love mine. Although it was much smaller than yours. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about the different vendors, though. Mm-hmm. I must have ate five servings of that New York steak from country natural beef. Cause it was cooked so perfectly. <laughs> um, that was delicious. Eleanor's had the pumpkin pie, the mm-hmm. seasonal pumpkin mm-hmm. pie yogurt. Oh my gosh. Monica, you know me, I'm not even a pumpkin pie fan. I don't mm-hmm. even like pumpkin. Right. But I, I had to try it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Don't you like pumpkin fried rice? I do like pumpkin fried rice, but <laughs> look, on Thanksgiving, I'm not going to eat a slice of pumpkin pie. I'm sorry. I'm just, it's just not my thing. Okay. Now I agree. <laughs> Country Natural Beef is a company that I never really um, learned about before. And their reps were so friendly and they were just so adorable. And turns out they had this uh, photo album there where they're showing their partners that they partner with all over the country. And when I told them where I was from, they're just like, oh, hold on. Do you know where this one mountain is? And I'm just like, yeah, I know where that mountain is. I'm like born like a few miles from there. They're just like, well, here's the <laughs> pictures of my partner over there. And I think this guy here was born over there too. So it was it was great that we made like a long distance connection. And I'm just like, well, hey, next time I'm on the big island of Hawaii, maybe you'll connect me and I'll go meet those beef producers out there. So that was kind of fun for me. I just had a lot of fun with that. All right, guys, make sure you go check out the new Whole Foods location out in West Seattle. It just recently opened. This event coincided with the Whole Foods opening at West Seattle. So make sure you guys go check it out or visit any other Whole Foods location. Okay, Monica, you got one last event. Tell us about what you did on Saturday. Well, while you were out eating everything, I was out drinking (laughs) everything, Nelson. (laughs) Um, Let's see. We highlighted this event last week. It's called Seattle Fresh Hop, and boy, was it fun. You know, Nelson, I go to a lot of beer events, but I have to say, like, this one was very, very fun. And uh, when I first got there, the first thing I heard was DJ Indica Jones, and he was playing all these throwback 80s tunes and just kept it going and just the beer kept flowing. I mean, to really energize people as soon as they come in, you know, and and just to keep that energy going for all day. It was so much fun. And this was a celebration of hoppy beer. So the offerings I tried were from Hellbent, Finn River and Kombucha, which I think you would have loved, Nelson. Oh, yeah. Kombucha with brew. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I tried the ginger kombucha and I have to tell you, it is very drinkable and it's something that I'm going to be looking for because it went down so easy and had a little ginger bite to it. I loved it. Um, I went to this event with Elitas and so shout out to him for coming with me and getting me to enter a contest because <laughs> I entered this contest to guess my exact blood alcohol content. Now guys, I know you might think that's easy. It's not. I mean, we're talking three decimal places. So I guess, and at that time of the day, I was at 0.032. That was my guess. And I won $100 in Uber Lyft credit. So um, I'm pretty excited about that. And I know my body. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, I don't know to be concerned or to praise you (laughs) that you know exactly what your blood alcohol content is, what alcohol level is. I don't don't know. (laughs) The important thing (laughs) is that when we drink, we have to be safe. 
And so I think you should be impressed that I know my own blood alcohol content. Absolutely. That, that okay. means I know when I should be calling a lift and not driving. And I know when I'm okay and just need to have a cup of coffee to chill out. So I, I was pretty excited. It's pretty hard, like three decimal places. I mean, oh. Elitis was off. Like, I think he guessed like 0 0.08. He was like 0 0.04. That's completely off. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, guys, um, had a lot of fun. And also, uh, as we highlighted last week, uh, this benefited the Chump Change, not the Trump Change, the Chump Change organization. So it was for a good cause that encourages volunteerism. So I have a question. These throwback 80s, are we talking like LL Cool J or are we talking like Starship and Rick Astley? There was Peterson a good Tara. mix. What are we talking about? What there we, was a really good mix. I mean, we're talking, we're talking like Vanilla Ice, <laughs> and then we're talking like Whitney Houston. We're talking Journey. I mean, okay. I I just thought there was a pretty good mix of like early days, early days like hip hop and like sort of mainstream teeny bopper stuff. And also, okay. you know, like power ballads. So I, yeah. I just thought he did a really great job. But if you watch my story, it's his dancing that was just cracking oh, okay. me up the whole time. <laughs> he, he had some he had some footwork going on. But I I'm going to be looking for him in the future, too, because it seems like he does a lot of these kinds of events. Because I know I've been to some beer events and really a DJ can make or break you. Sometimes, you know, it's a great event. And then the DJ is like, eh. I'm just like, oh, what is this song? <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> I got into this YouTube portal for YouTube wormhole and I was listening to the eighties music, eighties music videos. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think I'm the only one that watches YouTube videos, music videos. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't watch YouTube videos. Uh, well, not yeah. music videos on YouTube. You know what I watch on YouTube? I'm always watching lip sync battle. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm yes. like, how did I, how did I get into like Belinda Carlisle's heaven is a place on earth? Like how am well, I watching this video? I like I mad about you. That's, I love oh, that yeah, song. mad about you. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> All right, enough, enough 80s talk. Enough okay. 80s talk. Okay. That's our recap. And uh, let's head on to the events. I'll start, mm -hmm. I'll kick it off with the events this time. Kick Monica. it off. Okay. Okay. Early this week, this Tuesday, we can wrap up Latinx Heritage Month on a sweet note. Cube's Baking Company in Wallingford will be having a tamales and tre leche event. You can hear from Q's Baking Company owner and Winter Cakes All champion from the Food Network, Kevin Mulder, and friend of the podcast, Jess Tupper, the Dessert Geek, will also be speaking at this event too. And Monica Intentionless will be there as well. Tickets are available at $15 at Eventbrite, and you can go on their site, or you can check out the link in the bio too. And there will be mini tamales from Freelard Tamales and Trey Leche Cake Tasting. Monica, I think I saw Q's Baking's... Instagram site and they have some new flavors coming out too. And last time I visited, they had some new flavors too as well. Ooh, like what? I mean, do they like have beer flavor? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they did. Okay. They did have a pumpkin flavor. I think I, I saw last time. So, okay. Yeah. Sounds exciting. They have some seasonal flavors. If you guys haven't checked it out, dessert geek or Jess Tupper's episode from the podcast episode 34, make sure you guys check that episode out. She has some amazing recommendations for desserts, things that I didn't even know about. Yeah. Yeah. Mad respect for Jess. She's got an amazing palate and so much experience in the industry. Just fantastic pairing. Okay, Monica, kick it off for us. What do you, what else you got? Well, today I'm going to talk about the fall fish feasts with Pike Place Fish. I don't think I can say that quickly. Um, <laughs> on Saturday, October 19th, from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. to celebrate fall at the market, the Atrium Kitchen, Tahoe 
Kakutani and Ryan Yokoyama of Pike Place Fish will prepare a five-course meal highlighting shellfish and finfish. So Nelson, you and I are friends of the Atrium Kitchen, and we even got to meet Tahoe when we did a pike crawl with Leslie Kelly earlier this year. So this is a pretty exciting collaboration, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. And when we were touring with Leslie Kelly, he did talk about he was doing some pop-ups. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see him do one. He usually is not in the Seattle area. I think he's mm-hmm. somewhere else. But so this is kind of a cool thing that he's actually doing it in Pike Place. Absolutely. So guys, if you're interested in attending, tickets are available on the Atrium Kitchen's website. It's $150 and that cost includes beer, wine, and non-alcoholic beverage pairings. So check it out. Okay, Nelson, what do you got? You got some scary stuff for us? Ooh, this is kind of fun. Monica, we are into Halloween month. And speaking of which, I still don't have a Halloween costume. So if you guys have any (laughs) ideas, please let me know because I am going to start stressing out about what to wear for Halloween. So, But (laughs) the Seattle Chocolate Flagship Store in Tukwila is having a haunted factory tour. This sounds exciting. A troublesome spirit has escaped and is creating havoc for the Seattle Chocolate Factory. This Halloween event is for the entire family to enjoy. So kids of all ages, adults of all ages, you guys are welcome to come. Tickets are $12 for adults and $9 for children. And you can check out the factory tour Thursday through Sunday, October 17th to the 20th. And then the week after from October 24th to the 27th. Something you can do later on in the week, Monica. Mm -hmm. This sounds like a lot of fun. And I'm wondering if they integrate like components of their regular chocolate tour into a Halloween theme, which I think is a really fun and great idea. And I've actually never been down there uh, to the factory because it's Tukwila. It's far south for me. But um, it sounds like fun. I'd love to check it out. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of chocolate tasting because it is the factory tour. So I think it's kind of cool that they kind of put a Halloween theme to it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Mm, cool. Okay, Monica, what do you got next? Well, Nelson, I'm all about beer lately. <laughs> so on Saturday, September 19th, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Fisher Pavilion, which is at Seattle Center, Trektoberfest is happening. This event is presented in partnership with the Special Olympics Day of Inclusion, and it's going to bring over 20 breweries and 10 delicious food trucks and booths featuring a Bavarian-inspired dish to the grounds. There's going to be live music, lawn games, tons to eat and drink, and they're also going to have a family-friendly food court for anyone so that no admission is required. Like You still have to pay for the food, but no admission. So, Nelson, you might even get to see a celebrity or two like, I don't know, Gary Payton. Oh, Gary <laughs> Payton. Ooh. Gary okay. Payton, right? You piqued my interest. You piqued my interest. interest. Uh, and like half for half of the people who listen are just like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh, Gary Payton, Seattle Supersonic Hall of Famer. Yes. I know, for sure. Elysian Brewing is going to be there, and that's, of course, some of our friends. They're going to have some of their seasonal brews, like Great Pumpkin, which is an Imperial Pumpkin Ale, and Dark of the Moon, which is their pumpkin stout. So I know you like stouts, Nelson. Mm-hmm. Some other breweries include Georgetown Brewing, Elliott Bay Brewing Company, and, oh, White Claw. I forgot to oh, mention White, White Claw. Claw. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Red Hook Brewery is, are also going to be there. Nelson, this is one I think you might be interested in. Red Hook is bringing Mothers of the Sun. I love these names. And it's a raspberry saison. Mm, that sounds mm. delicious. Yes. I know, doesn't it? Yes. You know me. You know me in raspberries and fruits. So Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds delicious. Guys, general admission tickets are $10 for a 12-ounce beer. So if you just want one beer, that's cool. You can always buy more tokens. But if you buy the beer tasting experience, that's $25 for eight 
four ounce tasting tokens. And of course, I mentioned family friendly. If you just want to eat in the food court, there's no admission required. You just pay for food. So it looks like the Oktoberfest celebration continues in October. It's fitting because it's in October. So it goes through the entire month. <laughs> I know you struggled with why Oktoberfest is always in September. <laughs> it's just, I didn't, it didn't, it wasn't logical. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Spock would go nuts. I was like, why would Oktoberfest be in September? Because it's in October. It made no sense at all. Yeah. All right, Nelson, why don't you tell me about one of my favorite things, which is cheese? Yeah, we talked about cheese in that Whole Foods recap, but there's more cheese coming up if you guys didn't get a chance. This Saturday, you get to sample cheeses and get 20% off cheeses all day at this event. Mm. At the Central Co-op at 1600 East Madison Street, you get to meet cheesemakers at the Cascadia Cheese Festival. Some of the cheesemakers include Cascadia Creamery, Mount Townsend Creamery, Titan Farm and Creamery, Twin Sisters, and Beechers, of course. We love Beechers. This event is... (laughs) this event is from 11 a.m to 4 p.m on saturday at the central co-op monica there's there's obviously there's going to be a lot of cheese samples i think last time there was a 20 percent off cheese at this beecher's event you bought you bought a lot didn't you oh when we went to that beecher's event no 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 they had a very special deal it was 50 percent off and i stuffed my cooler full of the flagship (laughs) which is my son's Uh. favorite and so, no, I took advantage of that one. I'm all, what did you say? Okay, cheese me up. <laughs> 20% is still good though. 20% is still very good. Mm-hmm. And we had some of these cheeses at, at the Whole Foods event too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, some of them did goat cheese too. I, I really love the goat cheese. I like goat cheese too. It has a really distinctive flavor compared to cow cheese. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. All right, cheese lovers, make sure you check it out this Saturday. Okay, Monica, you have one last event. Tell us about this one. Before I tell you about that last event, it's cheese lovers. <laughs> Nelson, not lovers. <laughs> lovers. 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 <laughs> All right, guys. It is time to party like it's 1989. Oh, hold on. Some of our listeners might not have been born yet. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. let's pretend like it's 1989 and there's going to be $2.50 beers to celebrate Pike Brewing's 30th anniversary at the Pike Pub and Tankard and Ton. On Thursday, October 17th, you'll be able to grab Pike's Brews for just $2.50. I mean, come on, that's like loose change in your pocket. And there's going to be the new limited release Pike Reunion IPA. Nelson, I have to say, over the years we've gotten to know Pike, they know how to throw a party. And I look forward to their anniversary every year. They definitely do. 1989. I wish everything was back in prices for 1989. I can get gas <laughs> for like $1.25 or whatever oh that gosh. was. Yeah. Wait, 1989. Wait, I couldn't drive back then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll just tell I'll just tell my dad to fill up his old Volvo. That's, yeah. that's I'll just tell him to do that. Or 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 the Vanagon we used to have. Oh, the Vanagon. <laughs> you know, the gas is still the same price. It's actually the taxes that have been tacked on. Very true. Very <laughs> so true. so gas is still like under a dollar fifty. It's all the taxes. <laughs> all right, guys. From six thirty to eight thirty PM, you can enjoy live music and more. And I don't know, Nelson, I don't know any place else that you can get a craft brew for just $2.50. I mean, that's a great price. 
Oh, it's definitely a great price. Way better. I mean, happy hour prices aren't even two dollars and fifty cents no. for pints. No way. Uh-uh. No, not for craft brews. I mean, you might be oh. able to get some, you know, some funny things in a can. <laughs> yeah. But for for real brews, for what Seattle lights deserve, this is where it's at. So Thursday, guys, we'll see you there. Yeah, Monica and I will be there. So say hi if you see us. Absolutely. So Nelson, tell us about our interview today. Yeah, this is a interesting and unique interview because she is a foodie, but she's also a traveler as well. And I thought it would be great to have her on. Our interview this week is with Annie Chang of The Table Less Traveled. Annie designates herself as the chief eating officer for Table Less Traveled. Monica, you love that title. That is so awesome. I'm just sad I didn't think of it myself. Now I'm just mad at myself every day. (laughs) Well, the Table Less Traveled offers unique small group travel experiences all over the world. Annie is also a local Seattleite, and she talks with both Monica and I about her favorite things in Seattle and the Table Less Traveled. And here is our interview. What's up, Seattle? We are in Pioneer Square. Monica is here with me, and I'm with the founder and the chief eating officer of Table Less Traveled, Annie Chang. How are you doing, Annie Chang? Good. How are you guys? <laughs> well, I'm doing well. <laughs> sort of jealous of that job title. <laughs> chief eating officer. Hmm. We are here because we want to hear more about you, because your Instagram is Annie Chang Eats, and Monica and I both follow you, big fan, as well as Table Less Traveled. So can you tell us your superhero origin story? <laughs> oh, that's the first time anybody's called me a superhero. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, my backstory is that I love food and travel, and I was very fortunate from a young age to be exposed to travel internationally, where... I was hosted by families in different countries and where they kind of peeled back the curtains and showed me what life is really like there. We did a lot of eating in their homes and having them take us to their favorite restaurants or vendors or street stalls or walking through markets. And as I got older and I realized that not everybody travels that way, I thought, why not leverage those relationships that I have in other countries and bring people who are curious travelers to have those same kinds of experiences and build relationships with the awesome friends that I have around the world. Even in Seattle, there are people who are nervous about um, going into different cultural neighborhoods and experiencing food that way. So I can totally get why that might be the case traveling overseas as well. So say I'm interested in doing, you know, a trip that's food focused and traveling outside the U.S. And I come to you like, what is that process like? Like, how do you walk me through and like try to get me what I'm thinking that I want or need or trying to help steer me into what you think might fit better? Yeah, I mean, we do a couple of different things, but our our bread and butter and the thing that I think our travelers like the most is our small group trips. So we take between 6 to 12 people on each group, and anybody can sign up. We put the dates on our website, and right now I'm leading all of the trips personally because they're all of my friends. And we have a storyline kind of, like a, a curated way that we present the 9 to 14 days that we're traveling with a group in whichever destination. We go to Italy, Peru, Malaysia, and we're just launching our Japan trip for the first time this September. For us, when we talk with travelers about what are you looking for, part of it is like, what are you curious about? And even though we have a small group, we really try to focus and emphasize what is it that Monica loves? Like, is she most interested in cheese? Because then when we go to see 
how Benedetto makes his cheese with his family and meet the cows, I'm going to make sure that Monica has all the cheese that she needs on that day. (laughs) Um, But then we also weave that throughout the story. So we focus on regional cuisines and learning about not only the cheese, but also maybe Nelson's interested in learning how artisans in Florence make leather goods. So we have kind of a set way that we do things typically, and then we try to modify and emphasize certain uh, experiences based on what our group is looking for, or individuals in that group. Mm-hmm. I love that. And just so you know, Nelson and I were sharing a look and a giggle here for a couple reasons. First of all, I do love cheese, <laughs> and I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I, no, I know I, how you feel. I can't help it. She just pushes through. And then, and then the second thing we're laughing at is that yes, we absolutely like to meet the cows. <laughs> That's something that we like to do. I mean, I think it's a hugely important part of food culture, yes. and uh, something that a lot of people miss is like, where is our food actually coming from? How is it grown? And there's certain things that I think people get a little bit like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that the, that those are the roots of how I get something to my table, and that's an important part of the process, I think, and and eating healthier and better. I'm curious, how much research and time goes into each city in the country before you like launch out hey we're, we're going to visit here like how much time did you spend there it depends on where but Malaysia was the first destination that we went to primarily because my dad and all my aunts and uncles actually grew up on the island of Borneo in a very small town and so I had been there a couple of times and I was like wow this is such an amazing destination that Americans just don't really know about mm-hmm. it's so rich in terms of like this tropical paradise but at the same time there's amazing wildlife experiences and excursions the food is unbelievable it's this melting pot of cuisines and cultures and so when I went for the first time for research Mm -hmm. I was there for six weeks just traveling around to different areas you know having my friends introduce me to other people in the area so that I could learn what I thought was the best of the best and the way that we kind of think about it is like most of the travelers that we work with, they're very busy people. And so they don't have the time to spend on their trip doing things that aren't incredible experiences. And so we fast track and curate so that you're not wasting time on your vacation doing something that you probably don't like. So we take the best of the best of all the things that we find and we kind of consolidate them into one trip. Now you kind of glance through it. Can you tell us which cities are, are available right now for booking and what you've done in the past as well? Yeah, so we do, on our small group trips, we do Italy, Peru, Malaysia, and Japan. And so within each of those areas, we have kind of a signature trip that's 9 to 14 days. So in Italy, we go to the Amalfi Coast, the Florence and the Tuscan countryside, and then end in Emilia-Romagna on this gorgeous winery. The way that we try to create the storyline is really like, what are different aspects of Italy that you can experience? So this coastal seaside town with lemons and fish and a lot of that culture and cuisine Mm -hmm. that's very different than Florence and having this very strong Renaissance presence in history where the food is completely different because it comes from Tuscan cuisine, often times of hardship and scarcity, and then ending in the wine region where... Also, there's a lot of prosciutto, so 
I mean, Bologna, the fat, that's the city name for a reason. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the destination within Italy. In Peru, Malaysia, and Japan, we kind of bounce around between off the beaten path, like outside of the cities and towns, and then some like cities, but the quieter sides of those cities. Uh, aside from travel overseas, is it true that you're born and raised in Seattle? Yeah. Amazing. Well, I was, <laughs> me born, too. I was born in Swedish. Okay. And oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nelson and I are like BFFs. I don't know why. For some reason, my head, background. she said Swedish, and I like connected to Sweden. I was like, oh. But then she said Swedish. Like, Wait a minute. That's Swedish hospital. The one on Capitol Hill. Yeah. <laughs> so I was born there too. <laughs> I'm for sure a Seattle baby. Um, but then I grew up on the east side mm-hmm. and now live back in Seattle. So this is this is home base for me. Mm-hmm. Nelson was born close to Seattle. But lives closer to Seattle. <laughs> so okay, so as someone who is born and raised here, I mean, I think that you have the benefit of knowing about a lot of places to eat, a lot of places to go, and things that you like to do in between your travels. Because clearly you're here today, so you're not traveling all the yeah. time. This is your home base, right? Um, so what are some of your faves? Oh my goodness, I could go on and on for a really long time. So there's a couple of things. Maybe you're going to have to narrow it down for me on faves. Um, In terms of food, because I shockingly have a lot of dietary restrictions, so I feel your pain with the cheese and the lactose intolerance, I have this, my own policy is I can eat pretty much anything that I want when I'm traveling with travelers. And when I'm at home, I'm like, very very strict on what I eat yeah so because of that unless I'm having like a crazy let loose night then I usually eat at home I love to cook and barbecue Mm -hmm. and eat really fresh high quality ingredients so hanging around the farmer's markets I love that I love the magnolia farmer's market on Saturdays Oh gosh, there's this one bread vendor there that I don't usually eat bread, but that's one of my let loose things. I'm like, oh gosh. Anyways, okay. Uh, the bread is delicious. Cooking, I do a lot of in terms of places that I'll go out and eat if I'm looking for something high quality and fresh. I spend a lot of time at Bounty Kitchen and Sweetgrass okay. Food Co. Yeah. Because they're so easy and like fresh and delicious, and they're they're also right next to where I live, so that's also nice. I have a a soft spot in my heart for pizza. It's just never going to go away. And so I would say that my favorite Seattle pizza is Via Tribunale. Mm. Okay. Via Tribunale is my favorite Seattle pizza. I would say close second is Mercado Stellina. Yeah. I haven't been to their Seattle location, but the Bellevue one, I really like I've been like to the Bellevue one. Crust. Yeah. It's totally different than Via Trip. So it's like it has to depend what kind of mood I'm in. What kind of crust do I want? Yeah. Spinace for pasta their handmade pasta is delicious it's being somebody who travels to italy frequently those are really the only places that i'll frequent for italian food when i'm here otherwise i just wait until i travel to italy <laughs> or i make pasta by myself at home it's three ingredients yeah <laughs> that's a good question though have you been to somewhere in seattle where just like oh this reminds me of some place in bologna or this this reminds me of a place in Malaysia. Any any places like that that kind of like has that ratatouille like memory? <laughs> the one that I would say struck me the most was Pink Salt, okay. which is the new Peruvian restaurant in Magnolia. Yeah. I think that they're doing amazing things with Peruvian food, and it's really just not a very popular cuisine here yet. But when I ate for the first time there, 
I was like, oh my gosh, these ingredients, like where do they get some of the stuff? And actually, I'm friends with the chef, and he told me how they get the ingredients. And I'm like, okay, this makes sense. This is why it's so <laughs> This is why it reminds me of actually being in Peru, because mm-hmm. it's, it's real. It's what I eat when I'm there. Okay, so let's see. Let's walk through it. So you travel, you're here, you got a lot going on. Native Seattle life, can't even, I still can't, I still can't wrap my mind around that one. Just in general, like what's in store for you? Because it seems like, you know, I follow you, we both follow you on Instagram. So you have a personal brand and then you have the company, right? So what's in store for both? That's a great question. You know, it's interesting because life is always changing. Entrepreneurship has definitely kept me on my toes. It's something that I love and that I'm passionate about and learning all the time. You know, we would like to expand and grow and bring more and more travelers to have these really deep, rich experiences. And so most of my energy is really going towards that right now. You know, we would like to work with more and more groups and families that are kind of already developed and say, wow, I want to go have that experience with the people that I love and the people that I know. And so we'd like to do more of that. And then we're also looking at expanding into the destinations that we already serve with potentially new itineraries. When I go to Italy for a month, for example, I usually have a little bit of time on the front end and the tail end. So outside of the three regions where we go on our Heart of Italy trip, I know a lot of other places and I know a lot of other people. And so we're like, hmm, what else can we do there? Can we introduce people to some of the amazing destinations that I love outside of those three regions? Mm -hmm. And then for me personally, I'm just trying to always do better, always be better, always learn more, um, find a balance between travel for fun, travel for work and home for fun and home for work and I don't know it's one of those things that's like it's always going to be a challenge of the that balance of wellness and work I think Mm -hmm. that entrepreneurial life (laughs) (laughs) okay I this is a little bit of random after we asked that question but I'm always traveling I like to travel and there's a lot of people traveling throughout your experiences what is like one advice that you tell travelers like when you go through the table as traveled when you're the guy like make sure you pack this or what are some things that like you should pack okay for for packing tips i'm going to give you the one that maybe i don't tell all travelers but for me personally and any friends always pack more underwear than you think you need <laughs> yes. that's right perfect because yes. i have made that mistake before <laughs> and it's like okay after a while i learned it is the smallest lightest mm-hmm. thing that i change most frequently mm-hmm. and the thing that causes me <laughs> to have to it. do laundry <laughs> and i don't want to have to do laundry that frequently <laughs> so pack more underwear you know in general i tell people Pack lots of light layers because it's the easiest thing. I try, I honestly, when I'm packing for something, I hold up different items of clothing and I like shake, you know, what feels lighter and whatever's lighter is what goes in the bag. Like if I have two jackets or two pairs of pants, (laughs) because weight for me is, is the killer. Like I I hate carrying things that are heavy. You know, I can stay warm if I have a whole bunch of layers. My yeah. Uniqlo jacket or Uniqlo or how do they say it? That's like my life. I don't, don't, don't even ask me. I'm not Is there a whole it. thing? Oh, I, she, she makes me pronounce all the hard words. So I'm just like, oh, and right. I butcher them. Right. And I butcher them really I bad. It's really bad. Um, I'm a nerd. I watch you pack. I've seen you pack on your stories before. One time I saw you with this little bag, and I'm just like, 
where is she going for how long? Yeah. Yeah. It was so tiny. <laughs> yeah, it's my, uh, I'm just a little bit crazy. And for most trips, I will, I refuse to pack in more than a carry-on and a backpack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in some destinations, I have to switch it up. Like in Malaysia and in Peru, where we're doing a lot of uh, outdoorsy stuff, or like in Peru, I always want to bring my hiking boots just in case. You know, then I usually pack a, a checked bag, mm-hmm. but... Italy, a month and a half, I don't care. It's going on a carry-on. <laughs> on the way back, I definitely check my bag only because I have to bring all of the wine and olive oil back with me. <laughs> that can't go on a carry-on. Yeah, but on the way there, it. no liquids. Just get there. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Annie, where can we find you and the Table Less Traveled on social media? So my personal handle is at Annie Chang Eats and Chang is spelled with an E. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our company, The Table Us Traveled, our handle is at The Table Travels. And then your website is? TheTableLessTraveled.com. Just want to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for having us, and um, thank you for spending time with us yeah. today. Thank you, guys. Yeah. It was fun. And that was our interview with Annie Chang from The Table Less Traveled. Monica, have you seen her stories recently? Because I, I believe she's traveling right now. Yeah, she absolutely is traveling right now. And um, I'm always looking for when she starts packing. And actually, I'm super interested in her wardrobe when she's traveling around. So I, I just I love that in addition to the food. I just really like how the group is so intimate because they literally go to people's homes in the different country and they're making pastas or mm-hmm. making certain things in that person's home. And you don't normally get that in regular tours. I mean, they, yeah. when you go to regular tours, they they go to a large restaurant or something like that, that and you see other tour groups in that restaurant, you know, that just they came they come at the same time and it's all in a group. But this one's really more intimate and more home and family style. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's definitely a unique experience that a traveler wouldn't be able to get without those connections. And so you're right. It's very unique. It's a different way to think about immersing yourself in the food culture of a country. And it's it's pretty cool idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty much our show for tonight. Monica, anything to add before we get out of here? Uh, nothing to add. It's going to be a busy week. I mean, I think you and I only saw each other once last week. <laughs> yeah. I looked at my schedule. I have something every day, Monday through Friday and potentially Saturday. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. I got to get ready for this week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I said, I was like, I'm let's try not to eat as much, but man, something wrong when it says Seattle foodie podcast, I guess. (laughs) Yep. I know it's felt good to stay home a little bit and do some other things and eat a little less, but Oh, well, we got to get back to work, Nelson. Okay. In it to win it. In it to win it. In it to win it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. That's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for following us. And don't forget to download and listen to our episodes and recommend it to all your friends. In the meantime, happy eating, Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at Seattle Foodie Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.